Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. listen to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. My name is Michael Parker, producer of this podcast from Ramble Generation Productions. This week on the podcast, we have Jay and Tammy Daughtry from CoParentingInternational.com. Gil and Brenda were able to go to Nashville, Tennessee for the National Summit for Step Family Ministries. Jay and Tammy had a little extra time to be able to sit down with Gil and Brenda over lunch and to record this podcast. So please enjoy listening to the podcast. Please listen to afterwards. We do have a little information for you to receive some more information. And I hope you have a wonderful time listening. If you're not subscribed already, please subscribe. And when it do subscribe, you'll get notifications when there are new podcasts for The Restored and Remarried. Thank you very much. Have a great listen. Well, we're talking with Jay and Tammy Daughtry in Nashville, Tennessee this afternoon. And uh, we're talking about co-parenting and 3 a.m. conversations. Tell me about that. Introduce you guys yourselves a little bit more and where you're right. at, what you do, and then we'll jump into a couple questions. Well, I'm Jay Daughtry. And my wife and I, Tammy, have a uh, center here in Nashville called the Center for Modern Family Dynamics. Do a lot of counseling there, and we have an organization called Co-Parenting International. And so a lot of what we do is work with real-life co-parenting families, post-divorce issues and those sorts of things. And we have lots of, lots of uh, resources that speak to that issue. When mom and dad have got kids, they're going between two homes, and they got to figure out how to do that well for the benefit of the kids. Now, you heard us say something about 3 a.m. friends because you were referencing a question about, you know, as a co-parent, when things are going badly... Uh, and maybe you're the reason that they're going badly. There's some blind spots. No, it wouldn't be because of right? me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's never our fault. And so those blind spots, um, they're blind spots for a reason. You're not really able to see them very well. And that's when hopefully you've got a good support network. <clears throat> and part of that begins with what Tammy's always called the 3 a.m. friends. Even before she was remarried, um, she talked about how in her post-divorce adjustment, Obviously, she can't talk to her daughter about what she's going through. That doesn't make sense. Right. And she's not going to be talking to uh, her daughter's father because they're no longer together. So where is she going? Where does she go with that support? Who's the one who's going to be able to say to her with credibility and authenticity and honesty, hey, that's not right. You maybe need to do something different there. And so that, that was a really nice way of saying you're being a jerk. Knock yeah, it off. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got to straighten things up here. So, and as she says uh, on a regular basis, and I'll let her talk to this issue a little bit, um, that those friends, you got to be careful in the process of connecting with people and deciding who it is that you're going to confide in for lots of different reasons. That's important, but also you need to really be intentional about who those friends are. Are they the uh, are they the yes man friend who's who's the super empathizer and everything you say they say oh yeah and they lean in and they cry with you and they hand you the tissue and you're sitting there with a box of tissue between the two of you and you're both lamenting all your pain and sorrows right that's important and helpful that's nurturing and that's good but then you also need that friend 
when you're sitting there wanting to cry and fall down in your own self-pity, will look at you and go, shut up, what? Are you serious? Okay, come on, let's yeah. get real. And yeah. then they start getting real. They with deal you, with right? your badness. Yeah. And, they, and they kick you in the tail a little bit. Okay. 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 <laughs> you've got to have both of those kinds of friends. Yeah. And you've got to have those 3 a.m. friends. These are the folks, no matter what package they come in, whether they're yes-men empathizers or they're super kicky in the butt, get real folks. Yep. Um, you've got to know that, man, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're struggling and you got to get some feedback, you can pick up the phone. They might be a little annoyed by it, but they're going to be like, okay, I'm here for you. This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We're connected. Yeah, absolutely. And when I went through my divorce, I, I was a single mom for about eight and a half years before I remarried Mr. Wonderful here. Yes, his, Mr. Wonderful. Yes, his yes. name's Jay. I call him Mr. Wonderful. But he's nationally known as Mr. Wonderful. He is nationally uh, yeah, known, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. a lot better looking than the guy on Shark Tank. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we won't get in trouble no, for saying okay. that, no, but okay. you know, okay. Anyway, I um, I just knew, and I'll just say this generically, I had seen other people process their own divorce um, in my childhood. Some of my family members got divorced. I, I had friends in college that different people got divorced, and I learned a lot of how not to do it. And one thing I wanted to do is have people close who I gave authority and invitation to, to watch my life. Not only to be there when I needed them, but to keep eyes on me, whether they saw a pattern of jumping into dating too soon or jumping into unhealthy coping me mechanisms. I wanted 3 a.m. friends to just walk in that, that muddy water with me and A, help me be the best me so that I could be the best parent. And I still believe in co-parent and step-family scenarios, even though I'm happily married with Mr. Wonderful, I still have those 3 a.m. friends because sometimes we need someone outside the forest to talk to, not just for empathy, but for wisdom. Because, you know, the Bible talks about there is wisdom when we are to, together as the body. And sometimes when we're struggling, we, we're kind of isolating and only seeing one perspective. Those 3M friends can bring us a lot of helpful wisdom. So um, the, the one that's been my 3M friend the longest, her name is Leslie. She lives in California and I live in Nashville. But she will lovingly give me a little slap therapy when I need it. <laughs> but therapy. we have, you know, we've been friends for over 30 years. She yeah. knows me. She's got vested interest in my well-being. Yeah. And so sometimes she will bring something to light and challenge me. And I, I will do that for her as well. So, yeah, that kind of um, concept for me was important as a single mom. It's still important as a stepmom. Sure, sure. Right. So as you guys have been doing this step family thing, co-parenting thing, you guys have really specialized in co-parenting with curriculum and a counseling service and so forth. But one of the questions that I kind of set up for you earlier on is, is that when co-parenting is going poorly uh, and you're doing the very best you can, throw out some extra suggestions that really encourage people sure. in co-parenting situations. Well, the concept that I love to talk about is, is just four simple words. One heart, two homes. Children in co-parented families, they live with a, um, a lifestyle that gives them one heart that is played out in two homes. So when things are going poorly, I try to remind parents to come back to the, to the focus of what is it we're doing. We're, we love the same kid or children. Um, what are we doing that helps that child? What are we doing that hurts that child? And we've tried in the years that we've, we've been doing this work to point people to two ideas. <clears throat> 
the handoff, the transition when kids come and go between houses, is not the time to have co-parent meetings. That is not the time. So protect that time. Do not try to talk about child support and schedule and who's going to buy the soccer cleats or the volleyball shoes. Not there. Instead, compartmentalize that to a co-parent conversation, either by phone when the children are not present or listening, um, in person in a coffee shop because in public sometimes people are on better behavior. They're going to be nice. And they're, hopefully. well, yeah, we hope. at least neutral. Yes, we hope they'll be nice. <laughs> um, and sometimes you need a third party to help you to okay. build that communication. So, so you can ask the barista to help so. you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Counseling yeah. at Starbucks. There you, go. there you go. But protecting that handoff is important because if co-parenting is going bad, the children feel the level of anxiety when you guys are just putting luggage back and forth in, in each other's cars cars or picking up and dropping off at the front door. The children are carrying that and feeling that. So being aware to not add to it by trying to have conversations about the business of co-parenting, but instead do that at a co-parent meeting. And we do have books and resources, and in the book we have a whole chapter that's a deep dive on how to just begin to have that conversation or approach your co-parent. Because maybe you've just, it's been a horrible couple years and, and it's really bad. We can help you get there with some new ideas. So let me ask you on that, uh, you guys have a website, so if people wanted to go to go to your website, give that little plug real quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Coparentinginternational.com. Coparentinginternational.com. Uh, no hyphens or anything like that, just straight through. Nice and long for you. And uh, that'll get you to our site. There will be various resources on there. Uh, some uh, documents and things that yep. you can download. Some free stuff. Uh, yep. Some little video clips, some audio clips, and things like that. Excellent. Um, so there's lots of lots of good resources there. So take me back to uh, maybe another, you know, we, we, uh, suggestion. I mean, having the, a designated time, mm -hmm. designated place. Mm -hmm. Don't let right. the kids be involved. What, what other things could you maybe throw out? Well, I think any time our co-parenting really starts to get rocky for one reason or another, all right, um, Many times that traces back to what's happening with us individually on an emotional level, Okay. right? Because one of the challenges of co-parenting is helping those divorced parents adjust to that divorce. If you haven't adjusted, if you haven't found a way to compartmentalize the hurt, the anger, the angst that was a part of that process, then it's going to creep back into the co-parenting process and it's going to muddy the waters and it's going to make it difficult. So part of it is, is a personal reflection and being able to step back a little bit and say, okay, I'm feeling this way, I'm getting this way, I'm acting this way, where's that coming from? Because we try to ingrain in folks that if you're going to talk about things with the, other, the child's other parent, sure. it's always running through the filter of what's in the best interest for our children. Gotcha. And if you're hung up on something, the first question you have to ask yourself is, am I hung up on this because it's not good for my child? Or am I hung up on this because I'm just hung up on this? Yeah. Yeah. And there's other reasons for it, and there's things that are getting triggered from the marriage and from other things, and we've got to figure out how to compartmentalize it. So one of the major tasks that is foundational to healthy co-parenting moving forward is learning to compartmentalize all the anger and hurt from the divorce. Yeah. Because if you can't do that, you can't get to a place where you can communicate. And that's the hallmark of healthy co-parenting, is good communication. So, so let me throw something else in here. You're, you're talking there, Jay. It, it, it's it's kind of bringing a thought up in my mind that when there's the problem going on with the kiddos and the co-parenting, it may actually be starting with something inside of me. 
And mm-hmm. the thing that creeped up in my mind is is that maybe I haven't finished off with my grieving. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we don't talk a lot about grieving because this is a loss. So grieving has seeped in not only into me, but now I'm passing it on to my kid. And they don't even have a voice to grieve. True. If we don't give yeah. them that place. Right. So, you know, being a counselor, that's always kind of where I have my antenna up. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that concept? Well, I think you're dead on. I think that's very important. Um, you know, what we find in, in our counseling, and I think is true across the board, there's very few times that folks come in to a divorce situation where they're both done, where they're both like, yeah, we want to do this, we're done with this, we're ready to go. Almost without a doubt, 99.9% of the time, someone's being left. Yeah. That means someone has already left the marriage early on, yeah, mentally and emotionally. Yeah, checked out. And so once the divorce comes, somebody's already gone, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so there's someone being left. And typically what happens with us, we got folks coming in wanting to do co-parenting. A lot of the struggle comes back to that because one person has already shifted in their mind and their heart and their yep. emotions. Yep. They've moved on before they even got the divorce. And so now they're over here and they can actually think clearly about yeah. the fact that we want to do this for our kids yeah. without all of the stuff dragging, all that baggage. Sure, sure, sure. But the person who was left, quote-unquote, is not in that place. They're still bleeding. And they need, yes. they need a good couple of years of hard, intentional work to grieve that divorce. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point that you bring up. They have to grieve it. They have to be intentional about it. And just because they move away from it and pat it down and stuff it down doesn't mean it's going away. It's going to show back up. Well, and I was going to say, there's a... I can't remember which chapter, but there's a chapter in our book that talks about the two-year post-divorce timeline and how people, high-level researchers who have studied folks after divorce and how they adjust, they've, they've narrowed it down to this concept that, of course, that first year is going to be the absolute worst year of your life. Your anger, your pain, your, your distress is going to be significant. However, at the end of year one going into year two with some healthy mindsets like getting support, going to counseling, having 3AM friends, doing the self-care of healing, a person can truly be at a healthier place two years post-divorce than when they were in a very unhealthy marriage. And, and I'm not out to say, hey, champion the idea of divorce. That's not the, the reason I share that. But the reason I share that is there is good news on the other side that, mm-hmm. that with hard work and intentionality of self-care, a person can emotionally adjust. And if they get to a healthy place and their emotions, not just with the other parent, but with the concept of loss, like you said, the fact that the, the ideal dream has died and, and, and get to a healthier place, then not only will, will their children thrive, but they will thrive. And yeah. that's our hope is that we want to help people wherever they are in the spectrum to get to the next healthiest place. And it is tough to go through. And a lot of the high conflict folks we work with in our office, they're coming in and out of the court system and judges are sending them to us because they're stuck. They're really stuck. And it does go back to the core sometimes of what Jay said that that one in the duo was never really ready to let go and they need a different kind of care than the person who's already gone. And typically when we're hurt, that comes out as anger. And so quite often that that parent is just seething with anger they're expressing it lots of different ways and a lot of times they're using the court system to do that to try to take out their pound of flesh 
uh, from that other uh, parent via the, the legal system, and that's just not healthy. But what we also point out about that two-year divorce curve is that good, healthy co-parenting will actually reduce the intensity of that transition and shorten its duration. So, as Tammy said, starts with good work for yourself, find the support you need, get good healing, get stable, and then really apply and work hard at doing some good co-parenting things. And if you do those two things, not only are your children going to benefit, but you become the beneficiary of that being able to find yourself in a new place, a healthier place, a stable place, where you feel like there's hope. So here's my last question. Um, consider, considering your concept of good co-parenting, how would you define that in a sentence? <coughs> hi, hi, er, excuse me, definition of good co-parenting comes down to Communication, increasing communication. With the X. With the, yes. We try not to use the word X. We okay. try to refer to them as the other parent. The other parent. Um, just to bring a positive connotation okay. to that. Okay. But, and so um, increasing communication, but m before that, decreasing conflict. Mm -hmm. And if those two things can be at the top of mind in every interaction to try to move people to a healthier place. And one of the things I'd love for folks to check out is the, uh, it's on our website, it's in the book, the five categories of co-parenting. Yes. They researched this. They, they followed couples post-divorce to see what was their interaction and how was their conflict. And there are categories to it. There are things you can do to move to a, a healthy place. Most people start out as angry associates and fiery foes, but we can move towards cooperative colleagues. And that's where our kids win. And, and I know everybody listening, no matter how much you struggle with your former spouse, I know you love your kids and you want your kids to win and trying to get to a place that at least you, one side of the equation, comes to the co-parent conversation with a cooperative colleague mindset that can help change the game. It might not solve everything, but it can change the game in part of the, the ways your children come and go from your household. So. Um, so that's okay. my okay, so quick she wrap took up. Both of your sentences. I know he grabbed it up, <laughs> which she is just excellent stuff. That's so awesome. you get about three words. <laughs> all right, three words. Well, here it is. Good, healthy co-parenting comes down to this: less conflict, more communication, all around what's in the best interest of our children. That's the only common bond we have now: is our kids. That's great. What do they need? When do they need it? What are they going through? How can we help? Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. I am so thankful we got this time with you guys, and we're both taking pictures across the table. So there we go. There we so go. that's Get it for there. today. i got to wrap it up. Thanks, you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Trust you enjoyed that interview with Jay and Tammy. If you'd like further information, please contact Brenda at RestoredAndRemarried.com about the five co-parenting styles. Have a wonderful week. Look forward to having you listen next week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one -on -one couples coaching with amazing results. 
Join the stewards next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. <laughs>